0: Stephen Gregory Smith
1: and I'm Matt Connor. Places,
0: everyone, it's time for the, the Connor and Connor Smith, Smith Show! Thank
1: you, Places! What are we getting into tonight? Imagine all the people. Okay, first of all, you know what? Some of you might think that our crafting is a little basic, but we like to start with the basics. Um, actually, I'm doing a lot more. Of these little things that I've I've never done this much in my entire life, so it's been kind of fun. These are rocks. These are rocks. These are stickers, tattoos. Hi, Barbara. These are these are tattoos that that go on the rocks. Let me see if this works. And then you paint the rock. And why are we painting today? Well, in the past we have always filled up uh, these little.
0: Plastic Easter eggs with money and put them all throughout the courtyard in our neighborhood so the Easter morning all the kids can, you know, get some money from the Easter Bunny. And that started because uh, we didn't, you know, you don't want to put chocolate or food out and then put it on the
1: ground, ants, everything else. So here is the quick story. Okay. Several years ago, our first Easter in this house. We, uh, I said, Stephen, go across the street and buy as many, um, plastic eggs as you, as you can find, and he did. Oh, that didn't work. Didn't work. Did I take off the plastic? And he did. So then we, he brought, came home with a bunch of eggs, and we, oh that's it right, didn't work. The plastic not work. Anyways, we filled up all of this, um all of these amazing um, eggs with money. We threw them out in the courtyard all in the middle of the night. And then the next morning, dot, dot, dot. our neighbor woke up and saw all the eggs. And she said to her husband, Oh my gosh, wake up. It looks like Christmas. and her son went out and started collecting the eggs, and the son did, could not eat a lot of sugary stuff, not a lot of candy in the diet sort of situation. So, the uh, son thinks that the money, the Easter eggs, is specifically an, an, uh, an Easter miracle for him. Anyways, later on, I get a knock on our, on our door, and it's the father, and he says, uh, do you know anybody around here that likes Easter? And behind me on on our door is an Easter egg wreath. And I said, No, no, sir, I don't know anyone around here that likes Easter. <laughs> and then he said, So then he starts telling me the story of like, Oh my gosh, well the, the most magical thing happened. Anyway, so the the neighborhood was a buzz for a while. Like, who did that? What happened? And eventually, the father did come back around and I said, you know, uh, Jack, if anything odd happens in this neighborhood, it's probably coming from our house. (laughs) And that was the end of that. And then we've been doing the Easter egg surprise every year with money in it. Like, you know, we take 50, 60, 70 dollars of coins and just throw out all these eggs. Anyway.
0: Um, we we couldn't do that last year We couldn't do that last year Still can't do
1: it this can't year Can't do it this year I, I think I messed up my sticker It didn't work Anyway
0: Um, That's alright It's trial and error Right Uh, So that's So we're painting rocks this year We didn't do anything last year We felt bad about it But um, We wanted to do something So we're painting these little rocks Colorful colors Little positive messages And gonna put them Aren't those funny? In the courtyard
1: I think I might do the, the dinosaur on the bottom. You see the dinosaur down here? Yes. That's, that's kind of funny. <laughs> what kid would not want to find a dinosaur rock?
0: Right. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're talking to an artist tonight, David Amoroso, um, will be joining us just shortly. Not on the Facebook Live. Uh, so if you're liking what you see and want to hear about uh, an artist process and what inspires him. What um, kind of artist? So he does like, well, we we can ask him. There's a lot of pop culture figures he does. He also does like Mexican um, culture. He does murals. Um, He's been around Arlington for quite a while. Well-respected artist. See if that worked. What if what
1: worked? Your your tattoo. Okay. Um, Did not. None of my tattoos are working.
0: Oh, there. Okay,
1: if you know anyone, who is in charge of this Creativity for Kids rock box, please let us know. We want to report that the tattoos for the rocks are not working. Sort of like this hairstyle. The hairstyle really isn't working for me either. This is called One Year Backyard Salon. Um, yeah. I didn't do anything, and there's no product in it tonight because I wanted to sort of really impress everyone with my... Natural look. It's impressive. Because rocks are natural. They are. Yes. So we're doing things all natural tonight.
0: <laughs> um, okay, well, so the tattoo's not working. I'm just going to try to paint a message and it'll I'm come from try me the, that way.
1: I'm going to try the dinosaur. Um, These are acrylic paints. Maybe if I'm adding too much water. But, you know, and then also, after you paint it, uh, read the instructions, something I... <laughs> Did you read the instructions? No, I'm... I, I, okay. I'm a smith, we don't do that. It says, please rinse and dry the rocks before you begin painting. Too late. Okay, that didn't happen. You would need a pair of scissors and a couple of... Water. Look at the rocks... <laughs> to deepen the colors, add more paint, uh, cover your work area and wear old clothes. At this point, everything in this house is old. This, this shirt is not old. Oh, no, you've got the new CNS Railroad iron Smith um, shirt. I do. Okay, gold and black transfers. These are the gold ones, which I think are adorable. If anybody wants a special rock made for them, we can just make one and set it out on our front porch. <laughs> and you can grab it. What?
0: We're now in the rock industry.
1: Wow. It's like Barney Rubble and Fred.
0: Well, Uh, Barbara said she's into rocks. Cut
1: out the transfer and trim any extra paper away. Peel off the clear film, wet the sponge, and lightly press the the back of the transfer against the rock. Peel up the corner to make sure it's adhered. If not, use a bit more water. Do not move the transfer until it's adhered. If you're using the black transfer, dry the rock before you add paint. Okay. Um, Okay.
0: Well, you know what? We're going to do it our way. And we'll show you what it is later, but we gotta take a break right now. We will right be right back on this recording with David Doing Amoroso, it our
1: way, yes, our way. Back. Ryan Sellers, making our dreams come true, then yeah, we did it. Alright,
0: we'll be right back.
2: Hello David, how are you? Wonderful. How are you doing tonight, Stephen?
1: Fantastic. Um hi. I, hi David, it's Matt.
2: Hey Matt, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to hear you and meet you. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Well, so, I, mean, I I don't know how how these if it's officially a meet until you actually meet somebody. Sometimes. Um, during COVID. Yes, let's say yes. Yeah yeah this is a meeting like, okay I,
1: I feel like next month is going to be a hybrid meeting <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so David um can you
0: tell uh our listeners what your your uh what you do for a living what you, I, they know you're an artist? Can you explain the kind of art that you do
2: certainly uh my art is primarily focusing on pop art uh pop culture. So I do a lot of images or portraits of uh, TV personalities, music people, um, Mexican or Latino products. Sometimes, like you mm-hmm. know, giant three foot by four foot Cafe Bustelo packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of bright colors. Uh, but my, I guess my main interest is portraiture. Uh, I started off as a photographer. Way back when, and the idea of creating an iconic image with the camera never really left me. So I continue to do that in my paintings.
0: And and where can uh pe- well besides your website, which is uh, www. com, correct?
2: Uh, it, it's via we- um, Wix, okay. so it, it's the. Um, w w w david amoroso uh, at wix um, Okay, and, and
0: we-
2: then I I think the honestly the easiest thing right now is probably just through Instagram, which is at Amoroso art.
0: That's the one that was Amoroso art. Got it. Yeah. Um, and if people were inclined, and maybe you know had two masks on uh (laughs) there's a store that they could go see your work in for sale right correct
2: certainly i I mean first off all of my work is usually for sale so yes you know whether it's in a store or just in my studio uh we can figure out what's most convenient but i do have work at miss pixie's in washington dc Uh and you know whatever her standard operation hours are monday you know seven days a week. Um People are more than welcome to stop by. She has generously given me an entire wall to fill with big paintings so i I update it on a monthly basis
0: and and can you like talk about some of the subjects that you paint? I know you mentioned pop culture. I really love the um the it, it's it's not even the pop culture you would always expect with pop culture it's like uh and uh, the character from Bewitched. Um Endora. Andorra. <laughs> um it's it's uh well you didn't you do a Fauci recently?
2: Yes, I did. Um I had an exhibit at NIH last year. Uh it was initially scheduled for May, but with the the shutdown, it was postponed uh August. And as I was speaking with the curator, Lillian, we were really trying to decide what direction the exhibit would go. The title was Influences. And my initial concept was to pick four different areas of media and the arts of individuals who have influenced me. So I was gonna go, you know, with music, I was thinking I would have Bowie, Deborah Harry uh, with, Uh, pop culture. I was going to do some of the TV characters like Andora and That Girl. Um, And then I was also going to touch on Mexican culture. But as I started creating some of the paintings, Lillian was thinking, you know, can you you keep it a little bit lighter? Because like the Bowie painting I did was a little bit heavy. And one of the luchadores that I did with the mask, um, she said that I think her words were, you know, everyone there that's working really just needs something lighthearted. And so I switched it up a bit, and um, you know, I was able to include Dr. Fauci in it. It was it was one of those things where I was always hoping that he would just be walking down the halls and see the portrait and maybe take a selfie with it. Um, <laughs> but that never happened. But um, yes. the exhibit was up for two months, it came down, and they arranged for me to actually meet Dr. Fauci, and I, I wanted to present the portrait to NIH in honor of all the, the hard work and wonderful things he's done, you know, to for over, you know, 30, 40 years now.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Um, I, I particularly, there's a picture, um, a painting of three uh, lollipops
2: with uh, scorpions in them <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> it's real yeah um i have an exhibit at the quirk gallery now in richmond virginia and the show is called sabor a Mi," which is the flavor of me it's based on an old song title um it was "Idi gourmet and los panchos back in the 50s um <laughs> and so i just figured i would use that title and create you know a lot of of, of food products that were kind of fun and because the gallery is called quirk i figured let's go for quirky Uh, so So do you eat
0: the scorpion
2: i don't oh gosh (laughs) but um yeah so that image um there's basically a lollipop and in in the center they've got a scorpion um They also come in, you know, like the, um, the worm that would normally be in a bottle of mezcal. Um, For me, you know, I, I, I I don't know. Um, It doesn't appeal to me, but it fascinates me to look at it. It's, it's quite an image. Um, So, so you
0: uh, basically have, I I talked to David, just full disclosure, everybody, I talked to David, caught up with him on the phone a few nights ago. Um, So you're, you're actually doing more business during this pandemic time. can you tell me what the past year has been like for you?
2: uh how long are we on <laughs> <laughs> the Cliffs Notes version oh okay um uh, yeah it's it was a weird thing at at first when it hit um i I had an exhibit opening called raised by TV and we had on opening night, I, it was in Maryland at Artists and Maker Studios, and that very first night that it opened was, I think, the night that several cases were actually reported in um, Montgomery County, and so we were all a little nervous. Um, you know, we had a pretty good turnout, but the very next week, everything closed down. Um, at at that point, I, I really wasn't sure what would what would happen. Um, my my first thought was no one's gonna buy any art. And as it became clear that businesses were gonna continue to close down and people were gonna either be furloughed or lose their jobs, um, I-, I didn't know what to expect. I actually talked to a few people out of buying paintings. You know, um, somebody had reached out to me about a painting and I just said, you know, let's wait a week or two and see what happens at work for you. But, um, you know, at that point, you know, that individual did lose their job. and And as a few weeks went on, um, I realized, you know, I've really got to sort of change my game. Um, I, I amped it up on social media. Uh, Pixies was closed, but she was doing, you know, phone orders and internet sales. So I, I started making a bigger deal about taking art down there and filming little videos and posting them on social media. Um, you know, I, I played games, you know, as, as somebody would purchase a painting, I would pack it up. For FedEx and ask people to guess, you know, what's in the box. And I would try to give clues. And um, it ended up being probably one of my busiest years. So it, it was definitely wow. a surprise.
1: David, um, when you if, if I were to uh, go into like, a uh, into your studio and watch you work, mm-hmm. is there is there a, a method to your creativity? Like, do you listen to any sort of uh, music do you have candles is it just
2: like <laughs> what did you what is your thing it's a séance <laughs> it's a séance but that's how yeah. that's
1: how we create um, candles
2: and- <laughs> no um you know normally i have the music on you know i love hip hop and spanish there's a a few groups cartel de santa little rob and and i usually have that cranking while i paint um i, I i'm usually up at like 5 in the morning so i'll be you know, painting super early, drinking my coffee. Um, And just pretty much nonstop production. Um, I speak, you know, speaking of Pixies, she said they had sold all the smaller cherry blossom paintings I had done. So uh, I've started a little production line to crank out a few more in the next week. So um, at times I feel like I'm more of a technician than an artist because i 'm just so focused on getting stuff done, so um at times I do need to step back and, and do something uh just for myself so that it doesn 't feel like such a job
1: right what was what was your journey as a, a, a in your youth your a school did, were you like that guy in art class that like would make amazing things? How did you find your way into the, the world?
2: I have, you know, I I think art class was probably classes I enjoyed most. What I remember, I think, uh, from high school mostly, that, you know, I just wanted to be out of school. So my my focus was, when will this end? Uh, But I did, you know, that's when I took up photography, I think. And it didn't seem like fine arts was an option that could sustain me. So I focused more on photography because you know I could do portraits there you know photograph events and activities and, and that money was pretty good and pretty easy to to come across uh the the art itself started happening you know 20 years later almost as much as I'd always liked to draw I just never really thought of it as a, a an opportunity for for a career so um after I had gone to Mexico Guatemala and El Salvador And the late 90s, I came back with a bunch of pictures and then I just decided, hey, you know, I think I'll paint some of them. And, you know, once I started painting, I never stopped. It's so fascinating, David. You know,
1: I, as a kid, suffered from a lot of anxiety and panic uh, in my my education because I, I didn't quite know how to learn My brain did not know how to learn correctly. And it wasn't until I was uh, always taken to an office. I was always taken away to an office to be alone. And they would always hand me some sort of scissors, colored pencils, crayons, paper sort of thing. And all of a sudden, my anxiety was gone. And I'm saying this because I don't think people really understand uh, what, huge impact the arts just has on just humanity in general, as far as being able to create and, and design and think outside of the box and, you know, give, give something to the world. That's going to be, you know, that's actually going to outlive all of us, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. So I guess I just, I, I'm, it's so amazing to hear that you have been able to find your true creative self Uh, in that journey.
2: It's interesting when you say that because, um, you know, as the pandemic hit, online I saw a lot of people complaining that any money was going to be given to the arts. And and I remember, you know, in a nice way (laughs) saying back on social media, I'd like to see you, you know, spend the coming months without any form of art in your life. Turn off your radio, no music, don't watch movies, you know don't look at anything interesting. And I think a lot of um, the public maybe aren't aware of how much the arts are a part of their lives on such a free, you know, on a daily basis, Um, you know, and I don't think that people always understand the benefits of doing art because whether whether you create anything beautiful or impressive, important or meaningful or not, the process of creation is probably one of the most powerful things out there. Um, I I worked with incarcerated youth uh, with Project Youth Outreach a few years ago, and going into the correctional facility, the art classes that we would, you know, ended up being more of conversation groups, if you will. And as people were creating, it's interesting how the focus that they put into maybe painting uh, put them in a state where they were very comfortable just talking, um, and that it was a, a very, for me, a very powerful experience. And you know, I hope I. It seemed like the guys really enjoyed it as well.
1: Now, in order to do the work that you do, do you have like a favorite? company that you buy your paints from do you have uh a, a special kind of paint what uh, uh, talk to me about uh, uh, sort of the basics for someone who doesn't really know how to paint what do you what do you actually
2: use an easel um yeah how does all that work okay yeah i've got an easel in my studio um i buy most of my canvases online through blick um but i've you know, purchased them at Michael's and AC Moore back when it was in business. I I primarily work with acrylic paints. Uh, There's, I like the pre-mixed paints that come in bottle, you know, liquid form, where I can just paint directly from the bottle. It allows me to keep a a smoother coat as I paint. Uh, Some people have said that my paintings almost look like they're printed because you don't see the thickness of the brush strokes. Uh, and I think, you know, for pop art, I think that, that works really well because it sort of crosses that line between, you know, the texture of a heavy brush stroke and something that may look a little bit flat and printed. I will use two paints, mm-hmm. you know, and work with a palette knife sometimes to do something a bit looser. And that, right. honestly, when I do something like that, it's just so good for me because all the ri- the rigidness of really sharp, clean lines is gone, and uh, leaves a lot of room for happy accidents.
1: <laughs> do you what? what uh, do you have an artist that inspires you?
2: I love Warhol. Um, I it's one of those things where I. I didn't realize how much I liked what he did or felt an affinity to it until much later in life. Uh, As I first started painting my first exhibit, I I painted a huge can of Goya black beans. And somebody joked, that's what the Mexican Warhol would do or something like that. And I'm like, what? And they said, oh, it's like a giant can like Campbell's soup. And I was thinking, oh. It was just part of my collective memory. It wasn't a deliberate thing, but I just loved the packaging and it made sense. You know, At the same time I had other people, why are you painting a giant can of black beans? So right, right. <laughs> you know, the, the mass consumerism, I, I think Warhol uh, definitely was on point and it, it resonates.
1: Now is the, is the Quirk Museum near the Quirk Hotel?
2: It's through one door, yes. <laughs> have you been there?
0: No, we have a, a listener who has sent a text that is asked um, that question. I guess they're familiar with the Quirk Museum or Quirk Hotel,
2: but maybe not the museum. Yeah, the Quirk Hotel has a gallery right next to it. Uh, the One of the owners of the Quirk Hotel or, or Hotel. idea people that made it all happen wanted to incorporate art into the hotel and so there is a gallery that's uh right next to the hotel and it's a two-level gallery with a gift shop as well so it's it's right there if you're in the hotel you will find the gallery
0: okay that's pretty cool boy uh is it storming there david it,
2: yeah i see the wind blowing everything in the backyard through the studio window and i see the trees yeah. Um, wanting to, well, actually, the my my studio is located in a spot where a huge tree once fell. Uh, and so I know that seems very random, but I I was waiting for that tree to fall so I could build my studio. And so once it fell, I was able to construct because I always knew in one storm, it's going to come into my yard. And so now I think we're pretty safe from big, huge attack trees, I guess.
0: Right. The The reason I ask is because I'm starting to hear like large raindrops against the window. So if anyone is listening and is wondering who's tapping in the background, it's the rain um, <laughs> out of our control. Uh, so I'm, I've been while we're recording mm-hmm. with you, we've been doing a, a Facebook live of us recording you. And I've been going through your Instagram and holding up different uh, images and posts. Mm-hmm for our watchers to see. And I love watching the ones that you've put up there of you actually painting the paintings in real time so you can see how they're made. It's really, um, it's one thing to sh- I love that you keep showing the the journey in progress, not just the finished product. That's so super interesting to me at least, you know. It's
2: probably for me, I started doing it more over the past year and I it's more of an effort just to connect with people and, and and be a little more active on social media. Uh, at times I wonder, does anybody care to see this? So I, I, I'm, it's good to hear you say that because sometimes I wonder.
0: No, um, I love the flag. Oh
2: God, that's very powerful with the stars falling. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, uh, after um, George Floyd was killed, I... I didn't know how to respond because the, the Black Lives Matter a movement really kicked in, and there was so much happening, and, and I found myself a bit paralyzed, just sort of in the true horror of all the racism that still exists, and I kept trying to paint something that was meaningful. I, I tried a George Floyd portrait. I, I tried some other work, and nothing seemed to capture what I wanted to say. And then the concept of the flag, because it, it seemed so much bigger than any one person. And and the Great. flag for me was I guess the the best way to capture what I was feeling at that time. And so um and, and I and I feel like the falling stars, you know, we always think of shooting stars and how much hope they give us the falling stars just really captured what what I was feeling at that time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm still going through your gallery and the the bold use of color. I'm looking at uh, El Toro Bravo. Okay, that's actually
2: uh, done with a palette love, knife, so that's one that's got a lot of texture, I believe. I love the
0: punch of those colors the red background the blue on the bull um it's so bold uh i love the i see what you mean about the texture that it's, it's so different than the uh pop art that uh mm-hmm. portraiture um yeah i'm i'm trying not to be distracted i'm just <laughs> looking through like and showing all these incredible so here's this is brings us to a good thing
2: uh you have, you also do murals. I've right? done some small, yeah, some paneled piece murals. Did you
0: do this mural that
2: says Black Lives Matter in front of
0: Miss? No, that,
2: that was, um, another artist did that. And, and at that point, somebody had reached out to me about doing some murals. And, and I really felt self-aware in that moment. Um, there were so many other talented artists doing murals expressing their voice, which was so important in that moment, I, I just really felt it was best to to focus on what they were creating and highlight that. So, you know, through my, my social media, I, I was sharing a lot of uh, their work, like Luther Wright, Antoine Hart, uh, Kiana. Um, it, there's just so much other work that, where I found other artists actually able to express themselves. I'm not usually at a loss for words but that was a point honestly where i just did not know what to say and i and i did feel it was time for other people to talk
1: yeah that's interesting we had a conversation the night with another artist that said you know there comes a time in everyone and everyone's artist artistic world where you know it's time to leave the room and let someone else kind of enter
2: that's interesting, okay. Um,
0: so so you've you've been super busy during the the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, can you talk about the your your work, where you see it going from here, like when people start to come back and uh do you do you just plan on using the momentum that you've built up to progress it further? If so, like what ways are you thinking I have a ninety three Honda you <laughs>
2: You want a portrait of your kind of, Honda, could... or you want the car painted?
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking, like, it, it could be like a, you know, like a, a project. I just drive around Arlington. Someone paint the car, please.
2: <laughs> Where's Earl Scheib when you need him? Um, <laughs> I You know, I... I have to say other years I was planning like a year or two in advance and, and sort of planting those seeds for what might be next. And I, I've sort of discovered that this past year pushed a lot of other projects for, for, you know, galleries and other artists way behind. So I almost feel like there's going to be a a year or two backlog uh, of opportunities. So I will, keep painting um i trying to think what do i i I don't even know what i have coming up next i i did something at the art factory last fall and it was initially going to involve a dia de los muertos event and because of covid they didn't want to do that and so we're planning i think it'll be 2022 that we get to you know do that so i'll definitely be there i've I've reached out to a few other places I've worked with in the past, just to sort of see where, where I am in the queue if there are opportunities available. Um, But it's strange as much as I love the gallery experience, I think the process of creating um, just keeps, keeps going on and it, it seems like there's always something to do. So, I'm not 100% sure. I I think if I could look into print work maybe for some of my images. I've had a lot of people ask for prints. And I I would like to sort of maybe work a little smarter than, you know, (laughs) I'm very much a busy person. And I think it would be smarter at times to figure out, okay, how can I do some limited runs on things? Um, You know, I've I've hand-screened t-shirts, and so maybe capturing a few more images for that getting i guess a little more savvy on that side of of art and art sales
0: yeah because i would think like especially now like fauci t-shirts would be
2: huge um... yeah i i don't know um i i, I would definitely want to check with with them uh, about something like that i i wouldn't feel comfortable just selling my work like that of him um and that's something I think, you know, copyright. I, the photo that I worked from was not one of my own, and we're, I'm right. lucky that so many of my my images I work where they're are out of copyright because you know a lot of images are from way back when.
1: Fauci should have developed like his own band aid. <laughs> that is
2: brilliant, Fauci, Fauci. Yes.
1: Yeah, after you get your after you get your shot, you get a little Fauci aid band aid on your arm. That
2: I, I love that. I um, <laughs> I'll see if I can get a message back to his people. <laughs>
1: yeah, Fauci, if you're listening,
2: he's he honestly he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, you know, getting to meet him, I just figured he would pop in, say thank you, you know, for the you know donating the the painting to the clinical center, and then be out, but. He he stayed a good 10, 15 minutes, asked about my art, talked about, he had some artists in his family, and it was, he was just such an amazing, warm, engaging person. So I, I think it would at least make him chuckle uh, to hear that. I don't know um, if it will be pursued, mm-hmm. but NIH, oh my gosh, that would be an amazing fundraising effort, right?
1: <laughs> Could
2: you imagine? So we have a sure.
0: question here from okay. a listener um, from Canada. Awesome. From Canada. Yes. Um. So we're international, I guess. That's wonderful. <laughs> so she asks, uh, she says, not that I want to get political, but I'm curious about your thoughts regarding non-Mexican or Latinx people participating in Dia de los Muertos celebrations. She says, I always appreciated other people's interest in that aspect of culture but now there are concerns about cultural appropriation
2: you know that's um about back in 1990 or whatever maybe it was in the early 2000s I, i started becoming involved with dia de los muertos uh my partner at the time was from puebla mexico and um we we collaborated on projects because the, the organizers wanted something authentic and they were very concerned about the very same thing. Um, the thing is I had more of, I guess, an artistic interest in it and it sort of took off a bit more um, for me. So it, it sort of became a part of, of what I was capable of doing. Um, it, it's one of those, those tough lines. I, I, I do it with the utmost respect, um, and I—I I don't know. I'd be curious what this individual thinks. I mean, should should people involve themselves in 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 other cultures, or just be observers?
0: I, I, yeah, I think it's an interesting yeah. point of discussion, and 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 what does support yeah. look like? You know support can be about purchasing uh, items or, you know, it's, 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 it's
2: a tough thing. Um, I'm adopted, so I have no idea what my heritage is. Um, I do know that the first time I went to Mexico, um, you know, I spent a summer there, learned the language. I I felt home for the first time in my life. Um, And, and I just felt such a connect and, and so many of my friends, you know, from Latin America, you know, have said they've officially or unofficially adopted me. But at the same time, you know, I do know that it's something, um, you know, just to be aware of. I, as an individual who speaks Spanish, um, you know, I, I, I also have a lot of people just assuming, you know, what my, you know, well, what is your heritage? And, and, and I'm always very, um, very clear, you know, to, to share that. With them, um, I did something on Telemundo uh, a few weeks ago for the inauguration. I had done a portrait of Kamala Harris, and, and the um, the reporter said, "Oh, well, we want to see what people of color think." And I said, "Well, you know, I'm adopted. I was born in the United States, so I don't know if I would qualify." So I'm always very upfront about that, um, and you know, I left it up to their discretion, and they chose to go with the story anyway. So. I, I don't know. I, I think as time goes on, um, it will be definitely a conversation um, that I have to be involved in more.
0: She has responded. She says, um, as a Latinx person myself, I never found it offensive. And yet I've been lectured to by white
2: people. On oh the God, topic. no. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I don't know. Um, because it is a tough thing. I mean, it's, and and even it's interesting when you think of Dia de los Muertos, I mean, with any culture, you know, white color, black culture, Latin, Latinx, um, I, I think every household has its own culture on top of that. So I, I think um I'll share information that I have learned when I'm asked specifically. Uh the concept of, of going to anyone and telling, Someone, what their culture is, seems like a terrible idea. Um, yeah, I, that's that's kind of horrifying when I hear that. Sorry. Yeah, we've um, we've celebrated Juneteenth
0: for years in this household mm-hmm. with our friends, who ha- happen to be of color, and we will order from black-owned businesses mm-hmm. like food and whatever, and it it's just always a great celebration of our friends lives and we share in their happiness of the celebration. Um, But then one year, Juneteenth fell on the day that marriage equality passed. And so we celebrated a new holiday, which was (laughs) June Queens. And basically it was a big, uh, wonderful (laughs) celebration of black and gay culture in one evening. Um, But I, I think it's, it's interesting what, it's a fine line. And it's, it's, it's again about how do yeah. you support, it, you know, are you borrowing? Are you supporting? Are you, you know, it's, it's very fine lines. And I think it's a, every different subject yeah. is, it's different pools, yeah. different levels uh, that we you can support yeah. or not. I don't know. But uh, interesting question. Yeah, and, I and, for that, and I just, I think yeah, I want to
2: add if it's okay. I, I do think anytime, you know, it's, it's hard to read what someone's intentions are. And that, that's always the tricky part. But, um, you know, I do think anytime anyone makes an effort with love and respect, I, I would hope that's not misinterpreted. Um, but I, I do think if we've learned anything over the past few years, we really there are a lot of assumptions we make uh, and we have to be willing to stop and look at them just to see, you know, do I need to rethink?
0: Or do you need to get the person, get to know the person that you're talking to a little better? Yeah. Maybe there's a reason that this is, you know, something that you, um, yeah, it's just a very, very slippery conversation but one that needs to
1: be had. Right. Um, hey David, uh, I have a, a, a question. Um, if, if, for instance, I'll just use this as an example, someone here in Arlington knows of your work, your your beautiful work, and they have like a fiftieth wedding anniversary coming up for their parents, and they want to have a picture of their nineteen, you know, sixty six wedding. Uh, painted by you do you do something like someone would give you a photograph that you then i have for portrait?
2: created commissions that way the main thing is the photo has to be excellent and that's the um toughest mm. part because working you know from a a i've had somebody give me a small three by five crinkled photo where i could barely even make out the face to look at it sometimes i'll re-photograph them and blow them up but working from a larger size format that is absolutely clear. um, Studio photos are even better. Those, those can generally be worked with, but I would need, you know, to see the image first before, uh, um, before going any further. I've done not to compare, a wedding to a dog portrait. But um, I've had individuals request dog portraits for dog days. I've I've always created a bunch of those in the, in the summer. And, and somebody sent me a picture of her dog who had just had surgery. So it had a cone on and a giant, you know, scar on its forehead with <laughs> stitches. And they said, well, paint it without any of that. And I'm like, I don't even know what this dog looks like under all of that. And so I I really can't just invent what I think might be there. So, you know, if it's a if it's a great image, I can work with it and um that's probably the I guess they could reach out to me and send an image and that's a great starting place.
0: That's funny. Just paint around all that. Just imagine yeah. that that's not
2: there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, you know, I, I probably could have found a picture, um, but it, it's hard. It, it's, it's, it's very hard. Yeah.
1: So, David, during the pandemic, have you been sort of binging anything on Netflix or watching anything that's been kind of, you know, you did you did you watch all four seasons? Of <laughs> I
2: Crown? don't have cable so I don't have Wi-Fi in my home or any of that stuff. So, um, so no, I, I did get the box set of Schitt's Creek and, and watch that in probably about two days, uh, <laughs> which I enjoyed, but, um, yeah, I, I, I actually only got a cell phone because Verizon cut the landlines on my street. So, I uh, I'm very much, uh, um, non-technology person. I mean, I love movies, I love music, and I will watch them, but I I, I try to fight the temptation of gluing myself and getting too involved in too many shows.
0: And, and tell me, like, what the process is from, uh, not to kind of go backwards, but I just, I wanted to get this mm-hmm. in, and I didn't get a chance earlier. What inspires you to pick up the paintbrush? Do you, is it just a snap lightning strike of, of, oh my gosh, this would be so great. I've got to go paint this now. Or does it kind of workshop its way through in your head a little? I
2: think that a lot of it is already in my head. The, the photographer mindset, uh, uh, forces me to look at everything in a very flat, um, I don't know if I should say confined, but when I look at something and it catches my attention, I immediately crop it to how I would put it on a canvas mentally. And so I, I think that's what I do first. The uh, When I, I, I photograph a lot of the models I work with, honestly, some of the work I enjoy most is if I, I photograph somebody and then turn that into a portrait that that sort of gives me the full control from start to finish. Um, and, and those tend to flow more like what you said where you know the brush sort of takes on a life of its own and 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 things blossom um, when I'm doing a lot of the other work based on images I've found um, I, I look at them and I sort of approach it more from just a technical side okay how do I draw this how do I capture this image? What will be the shadow areas? What will be the highlight areas? Uh, and it's it's very much, a I guess, a, a technical process, if you will.
0: Okay, we've had responses from our friend Lynn who asked about the uh, Day of the Dead. She says, thank you. Didn't mean to go down the rabbit no. hole on that question. <laughs> Personally, Personally, I will be looking into his work because hanging a painting of something like a can of black beans in our household office would be more appropriate than he
2: could but possibly of, know. Of course, now I don't paint Goya, um, with, you know, but um, that, thank you. I appreciate that, because honestly, um, that sort of caught me and, and really made me think. And, and I do. I am I, actually working on a presentation for um a school system, and they asked me to talk about the different bodies of work I've created. And Dia de los Muertos is is really something, as I was going back and looking at 20 years of events, you know, it's my passion, you know, it's something I was very passionate about. Um, I, I would always look for, you know, dance troops from Mexico to reflect that. I, um, or a group from Guatemala sort of shared the the way they celebrate Dia de los Muertos in Guatemala. And so I, I, I have to say I was humbled when I looked at all the images of all the year's events. You know, the year I had, you know, one, one friend's family came and they made tamales. And there were just tons of tamales that were all handmade by this wonderful family to support the event. So um, it's... It, yeah it's a it's a. I i i'm in awe of the celebration and, and all the wonderful people i've gotten to work with so thank you um
1: <laughs> uh. yeah and congratulations david on just all the beautiful things that you've created um i'm obsessed with your <laughs> your jackie o vogue vogue i was thinking can there be like little masks with all these um with a, could we have a Jackie O mask? You,
2: there are so many <laughs> companies that that allow you to take your images and turn them into masks. I, I think I'm never sure what to get and how many to order. <laughs> right, I still have a box right. of greeting cards I created back in, like, 1997. <laughs> I had, you know, I, I had taken um, photos of three of my paintings and I thought they were the paintings that people liked the most, and I thought they would sell. And, um, you know, two of the three did. But I, I have a a huge stack of paintings of a cow from a street in El Salvador <laughs> and Chalatenango. And it just, I'm like, every time I look at it, it's like, yep, be careful what you order.
1: Well, if I ever grow up to have a grand piano in my home, I'm going to call you to come and paint it.
2: Uh, a portrait of the piano or paint the piano?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like, ah, you know, Gaga style. Okay.
2: I'll bedazzle it. I'll bring a glue gun. Right.
1: <laughs> a glue gun. David,
0: we... um. We mm-hmm. have been asking our guests, we did this thing a week or so ago where we we always kind of try, attempt uh, visual arts in the first like little chunk mm-hmm. before our guest comes on, and we're not particularly great at it, but we just do it to kind of um, mm-hmm. just challenge ourselves um, and not take ourselves too seriously at the same time. Uh, so we made this box that we called the Wish Box that's kind of like a little... Um, You know, when you used to, like, get your Valentines, they'd make you uh, decorate a box that you could put them into. Um, So this is the wish box. Uh Matt's showing it on the camera right now. And we've been asking our guests if they could have one wish uh, fulfilled, whether it's globally for the country, for the selves for their lives family whatever what would that one
1: wish
2: uh i'm guessing somebody already wished that the pandemic would be over um and and, oh really okay i've gotten so used to it at this point unfortunately (laughs) um i i i wish people would all people would wake up have an honest look at themselves and, and question um Some of their perceptions, um, you know, social justice is something, Um, you know, I I see the voter suppression efforts being made and all that. I I just honestly, I, I wish people would stop, look at what they're doing, ask themselves, is this what they really want? and maybe hold themselves accountable. Um, I I do believe we can all be better. Um, I don't know what that looks like for each and every one of us. I don't even know what it looks like for me at times, but um, you know, I, I think this is, I wish everybody would just hold a mirror up. Okay, I am writing that down. What, it doesn't magically just um. go into the box virtually after I say it?
1: It, it has already gone in the box, but Stephen okay. is still writing it down.
0: So we don't know what we're going to do with this box. I just I think it's going to be an interesting um, little time capsule to kind of open the box a year from now and kind of.
1: We're going to have a party with all uh-huh. our guests. And it's going to be like the Burning Man. Um, <laughs> the Burning Box. <laughs> the burning box. <laughs>
0: All right, David, I am writing it down and putting in the wish list, okay. which means it's gonna happen. Um, so you saw <laughs> it here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, it's interesting, the the similarity of themes of wishes, they've kind of gone mm. around the same uh, path, of course. Um, we're all reactionary to the, you know, strange, incredible times that we're living in right now. Um that have, you know, changed for the better. But uh, you know <laughs> it's it's what is our guest saying? Oh, she, Lynn says she will make a paper mache Zozobra Z- <laughs> for the wish, wish box. box. Okay. Oh
1: well David, it's been so much fun. Um Yeah, I hate to run. We have to I have to go to another event at seven. I'm gonna wear the same awesome. beautiful tuxedo I'm in right now. <laughs> He's not wearing a tuxedo. I'm
2: imagining it. No. Uh, <laughs> no yeah
0: <laughs> all right well thank you and if, if people want to find you they can find you on instagram at uh yep. Amoroso art and david Amoroso. Wix. Wix. Um, yeah. Is yeah correct
2: just google okay. david amaroso okay. i'm probably one of the only right, amarosos well. out there
0: okay we will we will uh, put that out when we share this, and uh, thank you so much for stopping by. I keep thinking to myself, when we're post-pandemic, we're gonna invite our guests over, and it's gonna be the most
1: fascinating- You have to have like a Noche
2: Bohemia, bring all the artists um, together, let them play their music, let them do their art.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, oh! That's, that's kind of what we used to do. We did used to do that. Yeah, our house oh, wow. was like a salon.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so our house has been very empty. We will fill it with all of our friends and our new friends uh, when we can, when we can all
1: gather safely. Our house has been a prison with a box.
2: It doesn't sound so bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I actually could go to prison as long as they had box one.
2: Probably not. I I don't remember that when (laughs) when I went. I don't remember um, at (laughs) all. (laughs) Well, much love Much to love you. right back, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And Lynn, thank you for making me think, because I, I definitely stopped, and I'll be processing as I, I paint all day and just thinking. So I appreciate that.
0: All right. Well, Take care. you, and we will talk to you bye soon, bye. David. Bye. here with the rocks. We're not yet complete, um, but we'll show you the pictures later. It was great to talk to David. I feel so inspired looking at all of his art. Um, we did do that entire episode on a Facebook Live. I'll share that to the Connor and Smith page.
1: Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting, Stevie, because you actually um, you could show everyone all of his beautiful pieces so
0: yeah i think for an auditory uh you know medium it's great to have follow-up and talk about the websites but it, it's good to have a secondary branch where people could actually see some of the works we were talking about um so how did how did uh the rocks turn out well mine are still oh. in Progress. Process. Yeah. I just did one, Uh, it's all yellow, and written on it is Stop AAPI Hate, Um, a message that we have talked about with a lot of our guests in the past several weeks. Um, But if we're leaving these rocks for children, I want them to find things that they maybe question if they don't know what that means, ask their parents, and learn. Um, And I think that's, art has a great, great, way of conveying lessons to people and I I think that's what's so wonderful about what David does Um, so yeah it's been a very full weekend for us with the podcast thank you so much for joining us Uh, if you're just listening to this one and haven't listened to the others we talked to Michael Bobbitt on Thursday we had a mini-sode where we got our shots on Friday we talked to Jason Mickey Labrador last night and David Amoroso tonight it's been a Jam packed weekend. Yep. And next week promises the same thing. So until then, as we always say, turn your your heart into art. Good night.